Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Welcome, everyone. This evening is our Sunday bonus, the Behind the Book episode. These are some of my favorites. Where tonight we are talking about holiday stories. We are friends in fiction, five best selling novelists with endless stories. I'm Patty Callahan Henry, and I'm hosting tonight. And since our behind the book subject this evening is Christmas novels, my only and beloved Christmas novel is called The Perfect Love Song. Hi, I'm Mary Alice Monroe. I love Christmas books. I devour them, and I've read Patty's and Mary Kay's, of course. And my one and only Christmas novel is A Low Country Christmas. And this is the one and only of my books that won the Southern Prize for Fiction, which I have to say only reassures us that sometimes the book of your heart is the one that you're meant to write. It's very humbling. Hi, I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and my best loved of my Christmas books, um, according to my readers, is uh, my Christmas novella that I wrote 15 years ago. It's called Blue Christmas. Hi, I'm Kristen Harnell, and I've clearly dropped the ball by not writing a Christmas novel yet. I'll get <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> my next novel coming out in July is called The Forest of Vanishing Stars. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and I have not written a Christmas book either, but I really want to. So maybe next year I'll put that on my list of things to do. Um, but my forthcoming novel is called Under the Southern Sky. And one of the most important parts of the book happens at Christmas. So it's kind of like a Christmas That's book. Right? Like a Christmas novel. <laughs> And for all of you out there, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We love that you show up on Sunday nights to join us for these Behind the Book episodes. And this evening, we are so thrilled to have Susan Mallory with us as we talk about her prolific writing. And then we're going to get a bit merry and a bit bright as we talk about holiday novels and stories. Susan Mallory is the number one, yes, number one New York Times bestselling author of novels about the relationships that define women's lives, family, friendship, and romance. Library Journal says that Mallory is the master of blending emotionally believable characters into realistic situations. And readers 
seem to agree. There are 40 million, with an M, 40 million copies of her books that have sold worldwide. Her warm, humorous stories make the world a happier place to live, and we agree. She has written over 150 books and over 16 Christmas novels. And I love this. While she was studying accounting in college, Susan spotted an ad for an adult education course titled How to Write a Romance Novel. In the sixth week of the eight-week course, she realized that writing romance was what she was meant to do with her life. Wow. And she is a born storyteller. Far too practical to drop out of college. She got her degree, but never, ever once worked in accounting because she was published straight out of college with two books in January of 1992. Wow. 16 prolific years and 74 books later, she hit the New York Times bestseller list for the first time. 74 books in, she hit the New York Times list That's with academic years. She's amazing. She now lives in Seattle with her husband, two ragdoll cats, which she's going to have to explain to me, and an adorable poodle. She's passionate about animal welfare and has served on the board of Seattle Humane and an organization that is dear to her heart. Pets often show up in her books, obviously. And because you know that we started all of this um, for bookstores and to help indies, I want to tell you real quick about our independent bookstore for the week. It is called Little Boho Bookshop, and it is in, where is it? It is in Bayonne, New Jersey. Our bookseller of the week, after working in the publishing industry for more than 15 years, founder Sandra Deer decided to realize her lifelong vision of opening an independent bookstore in her beautiful and quiet city of Bayonne, New Jersey. Nestled downtown with a cafe next door, Little Boho is a cozy getaway with a focus on kids, young adults, and bestsellers. And now, through December 13th, in-store or online, Little Boho is offering 10% off books for Susan Mallory as well as ours. There is a link on the Friends and Fiction Facebook page, and no discount is required. So now I would like to bring on our guest, Susan Mallory. Please come on so we can welcome you. Hi. Welcome. We are so happy you're here. What a year this has been. It's been crazier. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun because we can't like do this in person. This is so great. What a crazy year. And I can't believe it's December. I, yeah. I keep saying, what is time? It's March. It's December. It's like, I don't know. But we finally have something really great to look forward to. And that is holiday novels. And you have written 16 of them. I had not and realized that until you said that. <laughs> I think I would know that about myself. I'd be like, hi, I'm Patty. I wrote 16 Christmas novels. Well, they're <laughs> fun. Those, those of you who have not, it's, there is something very, very fun about them that, um, I don't know, there's just, I like the structure because you've got this time period. I like the tradition. I like the cookies. So, yeah, they're fun. I enjoy them. So tell us, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about this year's novel. It's called Happily This Christmas. And it's actually part of a series called Happily Inc. And yeah. the opening sentence, when the character tells herself not to annoy herself. Yeah. I was like, that's us. So tell us all about, all about yeah. the novel. The, the book is really fun. Um, I, I have been writing this series set in Happily Inc. Happily Inc. is a wedding destination town founded on a lie. 
Um, and uh, it was sort of dying and it, they, the one of the fans, the guy who owned the bank and a bunch of people owed him money came up with this story about how the town um, had a stagecoach had stopped. It had broken down and these six women who were going to the gold fields to get married had to wait for the part because there was no FedEx. And uh, they ended up falling in love and the town was born as a place to fall in love or to get married. None of which was true. Um, so oh, that wow. is the basis of Happily Inc. But it's a, it's a pure wedding destination town. And every book I've written, the other five, have all been pretty much around weddings. So this one was fun because Wynn is the only one of friends who isn't directly involved in wedding. But I have I have savored my Pinterest uh, daydreams on looking up apple weddings and snowman weddings and Scottish <laughs> weddings. So, so it was fun. Um, and so Wynn is a single mom and she has avoided relationships for a long time for a reason that I will not tell you, but it's in the book. And, uh, she's got a wild crush on her next door neighbor. And I love the idea of adult successful women feeling like they're back in high school with all the insecurities and all the yeah. insanity and the hormones that go with being 16 and in love with a guy who doesn't even know you're alive. So if I can do that to a successful entrepreneur no. who totally has her life together, it's a good day for me. That's Wynn's story. It's, uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to write. Um, there were some interesting things. I learned about junior ROTC, which I didn't even know existed, but that's in the story. And, uh, as I said, cookies and, uh, a good looking guy. So what more do we need? Don't need anything else. Yeah, exactly. Kristen, <laughs> I know you have a question. Yeah, Susan, you are so prolific. You even have websites set up for your individual series. I know. How do you do it all? How do you stay on top of so many plots and series and novels and never mind the whole marketing side of things? I'm in awe and I want you to tell me how you do it. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Well, a lot of the marketing, I have a website person who does my, that's like technical, that's hard. And it's an art form and I am not artistic. So, um, I have somebody who does that. I have an, a, a virtual assistant, Janelle, who takes care of keeping me on track. She does a lot of the, uh, the she does a lot of the design work, um, and so she is the one who will work out. Like there's maps. She does all the maps. She does all the cute little graphics you see. That is all her. Um, I can do this, and that's what I try to stick to. I try to stick to what I'm good at. I've written, I've sold, now it's about 160 something books. I think we're pushing 170. And I have in my entire career come up with two cover concepts. Well, I've come up with a lot, but I've come up with two that have been used in my entire career. So I know where my skill set is and I try to support that. Um, as far as being prolific, I think a lot of us have a pace at which we're comfortable. And when I started, I was really young. I was going to school. I had going to school brain, which you lose very quickly. And I think it's gone forever in my, in my case. Um, and so it was really easy for me to learn. And I was super excited and I was living in Los Angeles. So I had access to hundreds of classes on writing, on screenwriting. Uh, UCLA has a writing extension. I took classes there. I took setting classes from poetry writers. I took this great class called the psychology of characterization from a doctorate professor mm -hmm. psychologist who wanted to be a writer, but couldn't. So he taught writers. So I had all this access and I didn't know 
you were supposed to write slow. And so I had a period of time my mother had make it, had made me take typing. She said, I think this computer thing's going to be big. You need to learn how to type. So I was very resentful, but I did. And now I'm so grateful. And the first time I said, I signed up for that class and I started a book because you do homework. I mean, I was in college, you do homework. So I had a block of time, probably like an hour, hour and a half. So I wrote 10 pages because I didn't know anything. I just like typed. (laughs) And I thought, well, 10 is a nice number. So that was my base. And then I just kept going. And then I, one of the classes I went to, a workshop, the, at, as we were going for break at lunch, we as literally were walking out the door and he said, oh, however much you're writing, increase it by 10% and I thought, oh wow, I never thought of that. So um, then- You didn't know I, what you were doing, obviously. I know, well, I didn't know anything. It's really easy to write fast when you know nothing because what do you care if there's a plot or there's characterization or dangling modifiers, none of that matters. It's just, you know, it's in essence, it's vomiting us. That's all you do. Yeah. So then I joined RWA. I went to a workshop and, well, I didn't go to a workshop. I went to a Linda Howard workshop. Oh, I worship. And um, she wrote two pages a day and it was foam. I mean, my heart was just a small brown stain on the rug. It's like, so I went home <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, Linda Howard is a real writer and I want to be a real writer. I'm only going to write two pages a day. Oh. So I wrote two pages and it was like, well, there's 15 minutes. So then I didn't know what to do. It was quite the emotional dilemma. And I just sat myself down and said, let's be honest. You are never going to be Linda Howard. Just accept it and move on with your life. So that is sort of how I became prolific. The other thing is I have fairly significant ADD. And so I don't know how people spend a year or two writing a book. I would kill them all and move on. I need to get done (laughs) while I can still focus because there's a joke in my house. It's like, you know, sometimes things aren't cooked as fully as they should be. And it's because I get (laughs) bored and wander away. So I need to finish before that happens. And the other half of that is I know what my next four books are going to be. And it's like, well, I want to write that. And my publisher has insisted for reasons not clear to me, each book must be completed before I start the next one. So 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 it is is like a, it's not a push pull. It's like a pull and pushing together. I need to finish while I can. And I need to get done so I can write the next book. So I've never not been prolific. I don't understand people who can take all that time and who just want to go over it again and again. I admire it, but it scares me. It's like in a perfect world, I would type and never read it again until like two years after it was published. And and then I do, I listen to my books on audio because I learn a lot from them, but no, I just, I want, I, I, the next book is going to be so great. I want to get to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. Fascinating. So, it's, we're all made so differently and we, we love hearing everybody's yeah. process because mm-hmm. if you line up a hundred of us, everybody's going to be a little Everybody's bit. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christy, you had a great question. Um, yeah. So we have heard from a little birdie that you have a new series of Christmas romances coming out I next do. year I in do, a place yeah. called wishing tree wishing tree oh i'm i'm really excited yes i created just half link is sort of coming to an end um 
So this is the last one for those of you who love Wishing Tree. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, who love happily and come to Wishing Tree. It is a little town, and it's only going to be Christmas books. And Aww. Janelle's already done the math. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've written the first book, and it it's great. I'm really excited about this series, and I already know what the second book's going to be, which is actually the next book I get to write. <laughs> so. So that's the one I'm thinking, you know, how oh, can write that one? So, yeah, it's really fun. It's a mountain town. They have all these holiday traditions. And that's fun about writing a series, especially a Christmas series, coming up with traditions, coming up with, oh, there's going to be this, and there's going to be all these things we're going to do in the town and to make them different. So in Wishing Tree, there is a town advent calendar. And so oh, December 1st, everybody comes. And the first day is always a family activity. But there's going to be a day where it's going to be like fixing porches or, or shoveling snow. or And there's a whole thing that happens on the first day that it snows. And one of the traditions in town is you cannot decorate with a snowman until there's been the first snow. So none of them, no ornaments, nothing in the window, nothing on your lawn until it snows. And the rules are very specific. It must snow for 15 minutes and it must leave a visible trace on the ground before it counts as first snow. <laughs> and tourists come and they're very angry if they choose the wrong weekend or it snows first on Tuesday. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> Who think of these things? That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Mary Kay, you have a question. Yes, Susan. You know, I am. I haven't written a Christmas novella in probably ten years. So, tell me, what are the elements that make a good Christmas novel, and what do you hope your readers? What's the takeaway for your readers when you when you publish a Christmas novella? Um, to me, Christmas books are all about how they make you feel. I think all books are about how they make you feel, but more so at Christmas. And I think I want to speak to tradition and family and connection. Um, and again, all books do that, but this is like on steroids. It's just you want the sugar rush of all the fields. And that's really important to me because um, this year more so than ever, um, I think we need the feel good, but yeah, there's nothing like getting, I, you know, I stretch and violate the rules and break out, but you know, yeah. this is what I'm reading right now, which is catching the light, but Christmas book, temporary Christmas arrangement. Um, I've got my stack there. I start the weekend of Thanksgiving reading Christmas books and mm -hmm. that's pretty much all I'm going to read for the month of December because I want that. It's like yeah, the Christmas movies. It's so good. Um, Yes. So there's a reason Hallmark starts playing 24 yeah. hours a day because that's what God intended. Um, <laughs> so that's, yeah, I, that's, it's about the emotion. And for me, I do women's fiction as well as romance, but the Christmases are romance because I just, I would imagine I have not, I've always fallen in love at a different time of year, but falling in love at Christmas must be pretty cool. Yeah, so to write about that. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, so I enjoy that. The other thing I do because I have written a fair number of them, and there is a rhythm to them. Um, I do a scavenger hunt in my books, and I do this with my readers. So what I ask them to do on Facebook is I will post and say, "Would you please suggest random objects 
and I mean random objects. And then I get hundreds and I go through, Janelle helps me go through and I end up with usually about 25 that um, I am going to, I, I commit to the list and I try that they're not all ornaments. Um, and some of them are very emotionally significant readers. I've done a, a little stuffed giraffe toy that was the favorite toy of a child who passed away. Um, and then I've done the pickle ornament that's been passed down for generations in a family. So I try to do a mix of, of very heart-wrenching things and fun things. And so there are 25 in here. And on my website is a page that will tell you what they are. And then you can find them. And there is like a whole check that I, I keep track of what they are. And then every day before I write, I read the list and think, okay, I can do, you know, the red wallet and the matching earmuffs. But in this, one of the ones I remember from this is there's a rotary dial phone and that's yes. one of the objects. And what was funny was Amazing. one year I um, had a new editor and I forgot to tell her. And one of the margin notes was there is some weird stuff going on here. What is this <laughs> and why is it here? Because it never comes up again. I think it was, I don't know if it was a gnome uh, sugar thing or, but it was equally bizarre. And I'm like, oh, there's a scavenger hunt. So I like that. It's fun for me. I like the challenge. It's um, readers, so great. It, readers like yeah. seeing their stuff in it. And um, as I said, you can just print out the page and see if you can find them all. Because it has been triple checked. They are all in there. What a That's great awesome. idea. You give your readers a game plus a book. That's I really good. Exactly. And some of them are cheap. Some of them are just one it's like okay it's, it's genius so, i think yes. it's genius yes i agree that's wonderful i i have to look at a whole new eyes now i never that's very hard that's a lot of work to do as the author sometimes it, well i pick them so it's not like you know um it's uh, like the car when the friends come and visit and i'm blanking on her name which is silly because i just heard from the reader um joy lynn I met her at a signing and what I do on a signing is um, that you always have a post-it and with their name, so you spell correct. I'm probably them, not you. I know you know. Um, and I'll pull the post-its that are interesting to me because yeah. coming up with names is challenging um, and uh, after this many books. And so I have this tray with this stack of post-its from, and I'll just go through with every book and pull post-its and see if I use and she just picked up the book and she's like, I can't believe you really used my name. So Aww. that was fun. But the car that the, the friends show up with, it was on the list. It's a convertible, an old convertible. I can't remember what it was. That's amazing. Mary Alice, you had a question anyway. What do you want to ask? I do. Um, can I, can I sneak another one in? Cause I, cause you were talking about the Hallmark movies and um, you've had a number of Hallmark movies and how, first of all, you get to see it on the screen. So what's that like? And what do you think makes a book amenable for a Hallmark film? What do you think they're particularly looking for? Um, I've had one. Um, they're doing a lot of in-house contact content now with their books. So they seem to be not buying as many from us. Oh, what does that mean? That means they're, they're um, they have their own authors. They yes, they have a deal with I think it's Walmart where they produce original fiction, and then I believe those books are made into are more likely to be made into uh, a movie. So interesting, was, I'd heard was that really was going to happen. I didn't know it did. It did. Um, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure. Um, it was great. It was fun to because these things people think oh you have an option. Yeah, I will tell you, my <laughs> options have been a dollar 
Um, <laughs> and my agent takes her percentage from that. <laughs> um, so it's not the full dollar. And, um, and I've had that for, I'm sure we all do. You have it for years and nothing ever happens. And ooh, yeah. it yeah. was $25 one time. That was exciting. Um, we almost went out to dinner. And so. Um, and then you remembered you had to pay your agent. So you did. Yes, exactly. So um, anyway, but yes, and then it got made and it was, it was just, it was very exciting. Um, there, once they buy it, you're done. I mean, nobody, I don't want to say they don't care what I think, but um, they don't. And uh, so they, uh, yeah, and then it's a movie, and I got to hear some stuff. I heard they were very happy with it, so they went back and added more snow. I assume that's a CGI thing, and I'm very excited that they added snow. Um, it was charming. It was fun. And then to see it, because there's I'm, – I'm very fine with letting go. I just wanted it to be good. I didn't even care oh, no. if it was especially true. I, yeah. The story just yeah. – just, and it's wonderful. Of course it, you did. Of course. It was charming and, and lovely. And um, the the guy who plays my hero um, is just so good looking. It's unnatural. And he's very sweet. He um, he did a lot of promotion and we're Facebook friends. And yeah, Trevor Donovan, if you're having a bad day, treat yourself and go look at some pictures. Aww. It could not be sweeter. And he rescues dogs. So it's like, oh, Aww. my God. Oh, yeah, Patty. Be his mother, but still very attractive. Patty, um, do I have permission to ask another question? Just to slide it in that you mentioned rescue dogs. And I just want to say how much we all appreciate that you do so much yeah. for animal rescue and humane society. We're very um, yes. thrilled about that. And do you ever have a passion to, do you ever want to put that passion into your books? Uh, um, uh, I usually do have animals. This is one of the few books where there isn't. Um, an animal, and in next year's book, the the uh, the Christmas wedding guest, um, it's two sisters, and one of the sisters has a rescue Great Dane named Belle, and um, she is love Great Dane, not brave. Um, people are scared of her because she's 150 pounds, but she is terrified. But she meets a boy, and it who becomes her boy, and so she is brave. For her boy she won't be brave for herself but she's oh, brave for her boy plus she has this great wardrobe because it's cold and great days aren't meant to be in you know sub freezing temperatures i love so, it yeah so so there's, there's a great day i love dog. it reader dog and um and she sent me pictures and then of course you know you write a book and then time passes and, and nobody knows anything that's happening and we heard that bell had passed away Aww. so then i was able to write her and say she doesn't have a walk-on. She is like a star in this moment, all the way through. She's a star. So that was that was very wonderful. So yeah, there's Aww. usually uh, this one does not, but usually I have animals and they're they're a huge part of it. So yeah. That just shows such a big heart. And it also makes me want to line up all your Christmas novels for the rest of the month. Um, but before <laughs> we jump into a viewer question, we have one viewer question. I want to tell everyone about this incredible giveaway for our viewers from the generous and beautiful Susan Mallory. She is graciously offering an adorable, happily this Christmas tote bag stuffed with holiday surprises. 
our friends and fiction viewers will walk away with this great prize. So look under announcements on the friends and fiction page and you can enter to win by filling out this entry form. And Susan, thank you so much. I want to win it. I want to know. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So I might forget to put it under an, not really. I'll just... <laughs> well, then you have to um, fight over it. But I that know, right? Christy, you have a viewer question to ask. I do. So Tanya Jackson wants to know, do you have background music playing or do you need silence when you write? I need silence to the point where I have a white noise machine, um, mm. which I can oh. see, but I won't oh, wow. it would be too close to the camera. But yes, <laughs> I um, um, I want it to be relatively quiet, and uh, I have white noise because wow. you know life in everybody's home. Um, yeah. I have pets, and so the meowing, the barking, the squeaky toy—that's not a problem. But the human <laughs> stuff is like. <laughs> Wow. Although I will turn to them and say, mommy's working to pay for kibble. So we all be quiet. Um, so yeah, I like, I don't get the soundtrack thing. I know people make soundtracks and then they write to those songs. I listen to music when I'm fluffing an idea, when I have like yeah. a little bit mm -hmm. and I will play a song over and over an hour or two. I get the could use headphones. Um, yeah. So, because I will listen to the same song like, 40 times and just it's not the song it's the emotion the song mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. completely you know I'll, um, I'll often listen to music without words i can't like you i can't write to music with words but i can i agree to just music yeah. christy i think we have another viewer question Kristen, no Kristen. Oh. Yeah, Christy, would you mind? I'm just having a lot of audio yes. trouble. I apologize. Of course I will. Um, so Sue Johnson Bishop says, Susan, congratulations on writing 150 novels and 15 Christmas books. That is amazing. I concur. Um, how do you get motivated for your next book? And how do you celebrate when you finish a book? Wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas. Oh, oh Merry Christmas back. Um, mm -hmm. I celebrate by cleaning my desk because as I get closer <laughs> to the end, I love that answer. <laughs> the amount of space I can actually like write a check on is reduced to a blank card. Um, it just, and I've got a really big, it's an L shaped desk and it's like eight by six. So oh it's not a small <gasps> surface. Oh, and to make those of you who like me spend your day typing, I had it designed. The, um, the, the part where my um, keyboard is, is the old fashioned uh, typewriter height. So it's lower. So I have no, I just, it's perfect. And then I have a real desk over here that's desk height. It seems so adult when I look at it. Um, so I clean my desk and I usually um, start a book the next day. I don't take a lot of time off um, wow. for what I would do. So um, I'm always excited about the next book. I, I, it takes me a lot to ramp up to write, to get to the point of writing. So by the time I'm ready to go write, um, it's very, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready, ready, ready for that story because I haven't started yet. I haven't messed it up. So it's perfect. And what <laughs> if it's the one book that turns out to be perfect? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. So that's always the fantasy. Nope. Never is. But I, I strive for that every time. And in my head, it's like still very magical. I love that. Um, it's the never ending hope. 
right? Yes. So it keeps us going. This is the book that's going to turn out the way I imagined it in my in my brain. Mary Kay, will you ask her? Yes. Um, you know, the five of us are all dying to hear your writing tip because your schedule and your success is so envious. So we just want to steal a tiny bit of your brain if you'll if you'll share it, Susan. <laughs> well, unfortunately, my writing tip does not apply to any of you. Um, but for new writers or people who want to write, here's it's, it's more of a secret than a tip. Everyone who is successful has one thing in common. They're not giving up. They do the work. Mm. The people who are on the bestseller list are not the most talented. I'm not saying they're not talented, but there are unpublished writers who are so incredibly gifted you would weep. But they will never write a book. They will never, if they start, they won't finish. They won't do the work, whether it's to get a publisher or to self-publish. They want to have written. They don't want to write. Yeah. And the secret to success in writing is the secret to success in life and anything you want. You need to show up and you need to do the work. It's not pretty. It's not magical. Well, it is for us because we all it love is. what we do. But it's not It's not some mysterious thing. I remember years ago when I, I was not very published. Um, I've been writing, I don't know, a handful of years, like maybe published four years. And I went to a luncheon and this person I did not know came up to me and like rubbed her arm against mine, but in a creepy way. And she said, I'm stealing your magic because I'm going to go home and be published now. And I thought, A, ew. Um, <laughs> B, it doesn't work like that. It yeah. works because there is an occasional lightning strike. There are those authors who it's lightning strike. If you've been writing two years, it's not you because it would have happened already. Um, so for 99% of us, it's, you got to do the work. You got to show up and do the work. If you, if you want the dream, you know, okay. The Seahawks did very badly yesterday, very badly, but look at Russell Wilson. This is the guy who shows up and does the work. And there's a reason he has all these, um, fabulous statistics is because he does the work. If you want it, do the work. So that's my that's my so writing. Advice. Very good advice. True. It's so Do the true. work. There's no there is no other secret than that, is there? No, Susan? there isn't. There isn't. Well, that there were think, because yeah, you know, I could develop a hobby. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> writing is our hobby, right? And our career. I know. It's when like, people ask us, "What do you do?" Other, we're like, um, "I read." Yeah. Um, my dog. What do you mean? I read books and I write books. What else do you want? What else me? do you want me to do? Writing a book a year. Calm down. I mean, Susan's writing eleven books a year. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, but Christy, we've seen you on your Peloton. <laughs> That's right. I do my Peloton. So there you go. <laughs> Susan, what you're saying is the secret is there's no secret. <laughs> I wish there was. But I there know. Isn't. I know. We all wish there was. Yeah. yeah. Because and some the reality is some books are easy. And yeah. some books are hard and yeah, the right. reader doesn't know. We know. It's, true. it's like, oh, and, so and, and the, so true. And with the weird thing is, I think sometimes that the books that seem like they were the easy, easiest when a, a reader reads it and it flows and it seems like it just flowed out. Hardest. Sometimes those are the hardest books for us to write. Yes. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and that's just, yes, I think the hard the books that are hard are, I don't know. It's just God's having a sense of humor kind of day. I don't know. It's like it didn't happen, mm. but yeah, there there are some. As I said, some are. I can go back and say I can look at them. I can't tell you 
Um, and I've written through some, we've all written through tragedies. I can't tell you what scene I wrote right after I lost one of my parents or something, but I can look at a book and say, easy, hard, hard. I hate that. Yes. I hate that book so much. Um, and I have a very wise friend who always tells me, and usually when I don't like a book, it's circumstance. It's nothing to do with the book. It's something some, like something right. really bad happened in my life. And because writing is about expressing emotion, um, all those emotions get caught up in the storytelling, even if they aren't reflected on the page there, if that makes sense, it's in our psyche. So when I look at a book where I wrote it through something difficult, as soon as I see the cover, all those visceral emotions just yes. sweep over me. I understand. Like, oh, yeah. It it's like a song when you hear yeah. a song that, Yes. So Mary Alice, you want to round us out with one last question? I will. Well, we have been talking about Christmas books, and so we have to ask, what, Susan, is your favorite holiday novel, other than one you've written yourself? And you've written so many, but which one or two of books that you've read about Christmas inspired you the most? Well, I'm going to plug a friend, which I try never to do because I'm going to hear from the other friends. But there is that. My friend Christine Rimmer, she writes for a special edition. She wrote a book, and I believe it came out last year, called Same Time Next Christmas. And I think it is the perfect holiday romance. It is based oh. on it's um, Same Time Next Year, which is an old, old movie. It is based on that premise, nobody's married, because that was always the issue with that. Um, and it is... I love that book. I just, I love it. Part of the reason I love it, I'm in plot group with Chris. So I was part of the plotting and um, there were some discussions where our voices were raised. Um, and I'm like, you are wrong. And I'm going to be in your face until you can acknowledge your wrongness and not make that decision <laughs> and ruin the book. Um, so in plot group, we get together, we brainstorm, but I, I usually want to read the books, but I was dying to read this book. And it was as perfect as I knew it was going oh, to be. Oh, I love and, that. Um, and yeah. it is, I love, a, one of the disadvantages of being a writer is it's harder to find books to read because we can see everything happening. I imagine it's like being a movie maker and going to the movies. It's like, oh, somebody's holding a fan there and that's not really a dog. And so we can see behind the curtain. And what I love is when I open a book and at the bottom of the first page, one of two things happen. Either I exhale or I'm hunched over like a cat in the rain. And <laughs> because it's just not going to work because I can, it's like, no, it's not yeah. going to work. So I love that this book is from the first sentence. I'm like, oh, it's everything I wanted. So I, I just think it is a quintessential Christmas. We'll put it in the notes too, everybody. Yeah, Susan, we'll can you read that? that? Susan, what was the title again? Out loud? It's called Same Time Same Next time. Christmas, and it's Christine Rimmer. And I'm sure That's you can still get it. Um, I don't know if it's still available in bookstores because it's a category book and they have a short shelf life, but it will be available digitally. And it's funny because my I have it. Well, I, I lost my real copy because I prefer to read books. I'm. I, when I used to travel, as we all did, you know, you've got digital, but I like a book, but I'm, I'm mean to them. And it literally fell apart in my hands the third time. I loved. I, yes, I, I, I confess I cracked their spine. Well, with a recommendation <laughs> like that, I want to read it. Me yeah, too. I can't so wait. Yeah. We will and put it in our comments. Same time next Christmas, Susan Rimmer. Christine Rimmer. Christine Rimmer. I'm sorry. Christine that's Rimmer. Okay. Okay. Okay, this has been 
an incredible conversation. Thank you so much, Susan, for coming to talk with us. You have made the holidays brighter, not only with all your novels, but with this conversation. And we are so happy you visited us. And thank you for the giveaway. I can't wait to win it. And thank you for your great book. It was so fun to get it to was, read. It made Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. You guys were lovely. This was fun. Thank you. Hi, Susan. Um, it's, I, we've, I've met you years and years ago. And I don't know, it was probably at RWR, RW, what, RWA. RWA. Yeah. But um, it's nice to see you again. It's Merry good Christmas. to see you too. It's good to see all of you. It's so nice to see you all. I'm so happy to see you. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Take care. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.